0: Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. I get to serve on the leadership and so good to see so many good-looking people in one room at one time. Um, Just to give you an update, the team night is tonight, Um, so make sure you come down, There's going to be a great night. It's for all of our, our team leaders, and in fact, if you're a volunteer, you're welcome to come in and sit in on that conversation as well, but you need to let us know. Was there an RSVP up there? Is it too late to RSVP? Probably. Just RSVP anyway, just sneak in the back door, because we're serving you dinner. Five, I didn't say that, this isn't being recorded, okay. What'd you say? I'm cooking this afternoon. Now it's not me, which is why I don't really care. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. That's naughty. That's naughty. No, no, no. Come on. Let's win. Let's come back. Come on. Hey, can I? I'll win you back with this one. Hey, just some good news. You know, all the, uh, the, the, the nonsense going over, uh, overseas in India with COVID. We talked about that last week. Just want to feed back to you. We've now transferred another $5,000 amount over there. We sent 10,000 over to India in the last uh, week and a bit. Praise God for that. We have I didn't really get some praise out of that one, did he? Praise God for that. Yeah, there we go. So just so you know, $5,000 was sent over to Pastor Lawrence and his ministry over in Coimbatore with the children, the connected families and so forth. And also 5000 to Pastor Gabriel over in Mumbai, uh, working a lot with the impoverished, those living in the slums. We're talking about care packages, food packages, medical aid. It really is a serious issue over there. We're in a bubble over here. We're in a bubble. We're very, very much from what millions of people are struggling with. Please continue to pray please continue to pray and I want to thank you for being a community that is generous and uh, just as as Pastor Brett shared on that, thank you very much for that. Also to let you know, do you know that we actually apportion through our weekly giving money aside every week for the purpose of mission, which is really cool as well. Thank you for being a great community, a generous one at that. I want to get straight into it just now, uh, so if you can get your swords out. Mark chapter 11, Mark chapter 11, this was put on my heart this last week to share and I have the task is of following on from last week's message from Karen. Wasn't that a great word from Karen last week? What a pocket rocket she is. Wow. If uh, if you weren't here, make sure you can get onto our YouTube, Grace Life Media Perth, go on to Facebook, you can find that message. All our messages from Malaga are uploaded. I'm going to follow on from that to um, Camp Around Mark chapter eleven, from verse twenty to twenty-five, and Josie was very much prophetic when she was sharing what she was before. You know, we spent a bit of time in worship and waiting on God. She didn't get my cheat notes, but I'm going to preach because I believe this is what God has told us uh, to discuss today. But before we get into it, can we pray? Father, we thank you for the ministry of your Word and of your Spirit. Without your Spirit, there is no life; it is just a waste of time. So move and act as you. So see fit. And God's children said, Amen. Wonderful. Let's read. Verse 20 of Mark chapter 11, the English Standard Version. will be on the screens if you don't have your Bible with you. It says, as they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. And faith in God. so that your Father also, who is in heaven, may forgive your trespasses. I love this passage. I love this passage. And it's, it's a passage that shouldn't be seen as a standalone. Important to not take one verse or even just a couple of verses out of context, but to kind of understand what is the flavour, what is the theme, what was happening at that time. Pick up on a conversation and we can pick up very clearly that, Something's happened to a fig tree. The disciples are walking past the fig tree. Hey, Rabbi, Jesus, teacher, check this out. That fig tree from yesterday, the one that you cursed, it's withered away to its roots. And Jesus says something so profound it sets up the whole text. He says this, have faith in God. God. Have faith in God. This story can be seen as a story about a mountain, it can be seen as a story about moving mountains, it can be seen as a, a conversation around faith, but the hero of this faith, it's our God. And Jesus says, have faith in In God. Hebrews 11 tells us that, what what is faith? Faith is the assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. It is the evidence or the convictions of things that is not yet seen. Faith is something. But in and of itself, it's nothing. Consider faith as trust, a deep trust at that. And what Jesus is saying, remember that fig tree? This is what I want you to get out of it. Have trust in God. As people, I, I, I think that we can sometimes have too much faith in ourselves. Oh, believe in you. You're so super special. You're super powerful. You are man. You are woman. And in a sense, yes, we're created in God's image. This is saying, he's not saying have faith in you. He's saying have faith in God. Why not have faith so much in one another? But well, we let each other down. Anyone ever let you down before? Oh, don't nudge your, your spouse. Don't point to your parents. We're people. We're fallen people at that. But there is one imperfect person who walked the face of this planet, who rules and reigns and seated at the right hand of the Father, and we're told to have faith in Him. There is not unless you can anchor it when you're sailing on a boat, and you can anchor it somewhere where it's going to stop that boat from moving. Hey, look, i got an anchor. How great is that? It's fantastic. Look how good it is. Look how good my faith is. It's where you place that anchor. It's where you place that faith. Any Docker supporters here? Don't put your faith in your football team. Don't do it. There's always next year. Let me tell you, I had faith in God in 2018 and the West Coast Eagles won against the Collingwood. Man, it was good that year, I tell you. he is so good. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's not go into this. Idolatry, footy-olatry, let's call it that. Don't have faith in man. Don't have faith in things. Don't even have faith in faith. And sometimes what we can do is we can have so much faith and muster up enough faith just that we have enough faith. I've got enough faith in my faith. No, That's putting your faith in yourself and your own abilities. But Jesus says in God, He is the ever-faithful, all-knowing, all-conquering one. He is the one perfect being. And He says, put your faith in Me. What is He saying? He's talking about a fruit tree here that didn't produce fruit, it was cursed. We're going to go back a few verses and read that in a second. But what He's essentially saying is this, prioritize the always prioritize dependence over performance. Performance might be the outcome. It might be what we're looking at at the end of the line. But Jesus saying, no, I want you to prioritize faith, belief, dependence. Now, let's go back a few verses and let's go to verse 12. It says, actually, let's, let us let, let me give you the overview before verse 12. There's this amazing entry. Jesus comes into Jerusalem on a donkey and everyone's wow, it's Jesus. He's amazing. But the same people eventually But he has this incredibly triumphant entry into Jerusalem. He susses out the temple. He has a look at what's going on, but it's getting late. And so he goes to Bethany. And then in verse 12, it says, On the following day when they came from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He's allowed to be hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. And when he came to that fig tree, he found not the season for figs, and he said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. That's an important verse. And they came to Jerusalem and he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold and those who bought in the temple. Remember, he'd just seen the temple the day before. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. And he was teaching them and saying to them, Is it not written to will be called a house of prayer for the nations? For everyone, for the Gentiles. But you have made it into a den of robbers. And the chief priests and the scribes heard it and were seeking a way to destroy Him, for they feared Him. is that interesting? Destruction follows fear. That's what happened here. They feared Him. They were astonished at His teaching, it says. The crowd were astonished. And when evening came, and then we pick up on the next verse about the fig tree. Jesus is hungry and He comes to a fig tree. This poor little fig tree. It was in leaf, but it wasn't in season. Does this appear to be out of the character of Jesus, to bring cursing on something that appears to just be functioning as per normal? Like Is this this Jesus? Do you ever come to a text and you ask questions of the... Hang on, God, this doesn't sound... We've got to investigate a little bit further. So the time of the year was around about March, April. It was around about the Passover time. But harvest was in around about June. That's when the fruit came. And so Jesus coming, this, th- th- there is this amazing fig tree in leaf, and a Middle Eastern fig tree. Can we show a picture of a fig tree, please? That's what a fig tree would look like. If it's in leaf, it would look like that. But in March or April, it wouldn't be expected to have a full fruit. But there was something that would pre-tachsha. Taksha. It's like T-A-Q-S-H-A, I think. And that was a small little nodule, like a little knob that would grow... That would disappear before the main fig or the main fruit. And what people would do, especially sojourners and people that would pass by, is they would pick off something that was supposed to be there and they would eat it. Sometimes they would sell that in the markets in the Middle East. It would be a precursor for the harvest that would show the health of the tree for the fruit that was to come. And if it didn't produce that small little nodule it would show this would not be a harvesting season this would not be a good season so jesus comes up to this fig tree which had an appearance of being healthy it appeared good it appeared green it was in leaf but jesus and jesus said something he prophesied over this something which was deep down he knew something was unhealthy perhaps it was a disease perhaps it was something wrong with the root he says may no one ever eat from you again and the fig tree for those that read through nice of the old testament and pay attention to the fig tree was a picture of israel perhaps to the religious leaders remember jesus the day before went to the temple he saw what was going on he's he to this fig tree and his disciples heard what he said about the fig tree where else do we find the leaves of fig trees mentioned in the old testament not long after there were nudity runs in the garden of eden Remember, there were no clothes and there would be fig trees, fig tree leaves used to cover. Having an appearance. It would cover sin, perhaps. Our attempt, perhaps, just a ponderance. Perhaps it was, hey, it looks good on the outside, but on the inside, there's something not right. And as the disciples heard it, perhaps Jesus was giving a picture of what would happen to Israel. See, Jesus was in teaching mode. It wasn't surprised to him what would happen if he would have cursed the fig tree. He knew what would happen. He then goes to the temple. He's gone down. He enters the temple. And he runs riot. And he's teaching at the same time. And he's teaching with not just conviction, but authority. And people feared him, and therefore, tried to think about ways that we could destroy him. What is he saying? He said, hey, look, guys, this fig tree has an appearance of performance, but really, I want to, I want to point us pendants. And just the same with the temple and the religious leaders, there would have an appearance of busyness and activity, but there was no reverence, there was no dependence. Now I'm a pastor, I want you to be engaged and involved. I want you to serve and I want you to give and I want you to pray and I want, I want all of that. But let me tell you something, dependence precedes and must come before any performance or outcome. You can come to achieve and, 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 but really your hearts can be far from God. And Jesus is drawing us back to this. He's saying, you guys, you've turned this into a den of thieves or robbers. This is a house of prayer. This is about relationship. This is about dependence on God. So we can do, we can say the right things. We can have the appearance or the performance. But if, there, if there's no dependence. Does God really care? It's, it's an illusion. Perhaps you're here today, and I've been through these seasons, you have this disappearance management mindset because you want to look good, smell good and you, you want to talk. But God knows the heart. This is always a matter of the heart and Jesus is addressing the heart. This is not about Him addressing a fig tree, it's about him addressing us, and so it says, verse twenty. I saw the fig tree; they withered. It was withered away to its roots overnight. That means it's really. It's not just. It didn't just happen like. It, it's not like oh we had a bad night. It was cold. The frost. The leaves are withered. No, to its roots. So there was there was proof something had happened to the roots, there is a connection here between fruit and root. If there's a fruit issue, there's a root issue. If the root's healthy, the fruit will be healthy. How much of that is true for us? Sometimes I spend too much time inspecting my own fruit. What's the fruit look like? Is it healthy? How does it appear? What a waste of time. Let's go a bit deeper. Perhaps you've come here today Living a really busy lifestyle. Maybe you're busy in church, community, you're busy at home, you're busy with work, whatever it is, and you've got this appearance or this performance mindset, and, and that could be good, but if there's no deep dependence or reverence, it's not fruit. Befford. I wonder if this is a call for him saying to you and I, let's come back. Depend on me. Then we go on to the story the conversation is about miracles. Because true, the true fruit of miracles stem from a heart of devotion for us. Jesus now starts to talk about the heart a little bit more. It says, after saying, have faith in God, He says, truly, I say to you, this is now, it's personal. I say to you, this is coming from God Himself. I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it'll be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you will be yours. I've got circled in my Bible some words there. Says, doubt, believes, says, ask, believe. What comes out of the mouth and what's in the heart, they're so closely connected. You can say all you want, but if your heart's not in the place, you have no authority. There is no authority. There's got to be a connection between heart and mouth. Name it and claim it and blab it and grab it. But if God hasn't given you that inside of your heart, you have no authority. So the strength of our declaration comes from the depth of our revelation. Do you know that you know that you know that you know what God has said and what God is doing? Do you know that? Are you just mimicking what someone else has said? Mimicking another sermon? Mimicking another another person's testimony? Or do you really know it? What Jesus is saying here, listen, if you say to this mountain, be thrown up, be taken up and thrown in the sea, and don't doubt in your heart, but believe, then it'll be done. There's a connection. So let's settle the matter before we declare the matter. Do you have the matter settled in your heart? Perhaps, as Josie was sharing earlier, you are or a battle or something in front of you. Have you settled in your heart that God is the victory? that God is the mountain mover? Have you settled that in your heart? Unless you do that, unless I do that, it's just empty words that come from our lips. There is such a strong correlation, which we see in Scripture again and again and again, between what comes out of the mouth and what exists in the heart. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of what's in here, the mouth speaks. In Romans 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. You can confess all you like, if in your heart, there is no authority. How do we get that authority? Well, the key to authority is intimacy. Let's go back a step to dependence and reverence for Him. Intimacy is critical to authority. Authority is not about volume, it's not about tone, it's about a revelation of sonship. It's a revelation about your position in Him. I can whisper or I can yell, it makes no difference unless I believe who I am in Him. We picked up a puppy dog yesterday. We've got a puppy. May the Lord Jesus help us all. <laughs> My girls are very excited. My girls are very excited. They're very excited. But who was up last night taking that little beauty to the toilet in the back lawn? It was pup. puppy. I'm teaching them yesterday because <laughs> they're carrying around this puppy. The girls are carrying around a puppy like it's a baby, like, oh, patting it. What are you trying to burp the thing? Come on, cuddling it like this. Thanks, Amy Johnson, for that. We got this puppy. And I say to the girls at the car, I said, you know, this puppy's not a person, right? It's not a human. Dad, how could you? I said, listen to me. I know you love this puppy, but the human is the master. I've lost some of you right there. So, <laughs> when I used to work at Coles, I was a checkout chick for a little while, many years ago on a galaxy far, far away. I would do the shopping, and I would see I would see people on tight budgets, and they'd be buying they'd be buying the cheapest stuff for themselves. And all of a sudden, the really expensive dog and cat food on here. Some of you are here. You're going you know, to confess, own up to that one. I'm trying to tell my kids when you talk to Violet. don't judge me, it wasn't my name, that's, that's the dogs, the girls wanted to call her Violet, Vi- Violet Gabriela Fernandez, just to be honest with you, just to be honest with you, yeah, yeah, all right, all right, come on, come on. Getting back to my story, when you speak to Violet, you be loving but firm, you're the master and you need to know that, the dog needs to know that, otherwise, otherwise later in life, we could have some problems. Authority is about us knowing who we are in Him. And He is so good to us. God is so good to us. He has an authority and we have His side of us. There's no intimacy, no authority. You can kick and scream and yell and carry on and rant and rave as much as you like. But the devil, the the demons don't care unless you know who Jesus is. When we go to the prayer closet and we pray and we stand or kneel, we are not praying or believing or agreeing or asserting, whatever it is, contending for victory. It's from victory, Christ has already won, He rules from on high. So we need to stop trying, let this happen chill victory is already his have faith doesn't doubt in his heart but believes it's not so much about the volume of faith by the way can I just put it to you oh if I just had more faith No, that's trusting in your faith again if I just had so much faith, well, what does it mean? What does it mean? Jesus says, don't doubt in your heart. That doubting is not having less faith. It's a faith that says, I believe you, God. Now I don't believe you, God. I don't have faith in you to do it. It's talking about a toing and a froing. Like in James chapter 1, when you ask for wisdom, James writes, it's believe that you'll get it, but don't doubt in your heart. Otherwise, it'll be like someone that's tossed around. He's good? No, he's not. He can do it? No, he can't. He's faithful? No, he's not. That's what that's talking about. In Matthew chapter 14, Jesus is walking on the water, and then Peter says, Call to me. And and Peter starts to walk on, Peter starts to take his eyes off Jesus, and then what happens? He sinks. But who saves him? Jesus does. Reaches out his hand, grabs him, and what does Jesus say? Ye of little faith. He had faith. Just not great faith in that moment. But did Jesus still save him? Yes. So we see right there, little faith is enough. When we come to Christ, when we are saved, how much faith did you have? Was your faith at 150%? Did anyone have a little bit of doubt in their heart when they came to Christ? Some people do. Because our faith is not perfect. No one's faith is perfect. So we trust and lean on the faith of Christ. All we need is faith like a mustard seed. So the, it's not about the volume of faith or the amount of faith. It's the placement of our faith. Where will you place your faith? Now the amount or the volume of faith will determine how. Does he want me to have more faith? Yes, he does. Why? So I can be at peace. He doesn't want me to be anxious and stressing out all the time. I've, I've flown many times. And I've seen people that are not used to flying. When we hop on a plane, I can see, at times I've seen people very nervous, very nervous up in the plane. And they're looking out the winds and turbulence happens and they're freaking out. And I'm there and I've got my and I'm relaxed. Do we both get to the destination at the same time? We do. Who's going to enjoy the journey more? Me. Why? I've been on that road before. This is what faith is about. Faith is about trust, deep trust in God that He is going to get us there. He's still going to get us there, but how much faith I have in Him, how much rest I have in Him, will determine how much I enjoy. So perhaps today this is a call for us to believe again, either for the first time or just to throw a whole stack more trust on Him. What's your mountain? That mountain there is part of the Remarkables in Queenstown. I've been there. Anyone been to Queenstown before? Oh, it's beautiful. It's absolutely stunning. When Jesus gives this hyperbole, he's talking to his disciples, this illustration. He says, It's just like saying to that mountain, May God lift you up. May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea. It'll be done. But just believe don't believe in the mountain, don't believe in the outcome, believe in God. Believe again. In Mark 9, 23 and 24, there's a demonized boy and he's clearly demonized, his father comes with him and presents him to Jesus in around about verse uh, I think it's 23 24 and he says to Jesus Jesus if 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 you would just have compassion you can help Jesus so he says if 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 I can if I can Jesus says if I can he's like do, do you? he says all things are possible to him who believes the man then cries out and he says oh lord i believe but help my so in him, he believed in Jesus, but there was still a little bit of unbelief in his heart. That's me. That's me. That's me. I believe you said this to me. I believe in that promise. I know what you've said to me. I'm, I'm holding on to that scripture. I, I, I believe it. But this part of me, Lord, that's just struggling, can you help me in my weakness, in my shortcomings, in my insufficiencies, in my inadequacies? I'll just bring it to you. And I thank you that you will fill The rest but then he finishes off with something really interesting which at first glance we can think is disconnected but it's verse 25 whenever you stand praying that was a posture of prayer forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your father also who's in heaven may forgive you your trespasses this is what the new living translation says I tell you, you can pray for anything and if you believe that you've received it, it'll be yours. But, there's a big but there. Pay attention. When you are praying, first, forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in Heaven will forgive your sins too. What do we take from that? <laughs> Jesus said saying this, make a decision hold a grudge or answered prayer? Hold a grudge or answered prayer. Why? 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 In God, and then He's talking about forgiveness of people. Well, that's because faith in God goes hand in hand with forgiveness of people. God is more interested in the mountain, of the mountain in our hearts than the mountain out there. He wants us to experience freedom. This is a loving Father, He's not our genie that's going to do everything we want just because we say. So no. He wants us to experience firsthand freedom, and forgiveness is key to that message. I said with unforgiveness before? Anyone ever wronged you before? And at times it's just so hard to, to forgive? Unforgiveness is a terrible master. It dominates. It perverts. It destroys. And Jesus is saying, when you have faith in God, just make sure that you've forgiven other people. Forgiven yourself. Because there's no point in us trying to hold someone else to account or trying to do our best to punish others for something that Jesus has already taken punishment for. What is it about forgiveness? The largest people, the most generous people are a forgiven people. They know they for- And the old saying is so true that unforgiveness of someone else is like me drinking poison and wanting you to pay for it. But I'm really only hurting myself. Perhaps there's a mountain in your heart that needs to be moved, and maybe that's unforgiveness. Maybe God's saying, Listen, I I, I, I want to work with you. I want to work with you and seeing that battle overcome, but I love you too much just to focus on that. I want to focus on this. It's your heart I'm interested in. See he's so much more interested in shaping our heart than shifting our mountains. I'll finish with a story back in, um, I think it was about 2009. Mm. Uh, With a team and Jeanette Fernandez, she's my auntie, but she came with us on that trip. She gave a testimony in an Indian church and the testimony was about forgiveness. Some of you have heard this story before. She gave this testimony about forgiving and letting go. And I felt there was something on that testimony. She only shared for about 10 minutes, I think. And so I, I, I'm like, I can't preach that message. The Holy Spirit's doing something different here. So I had, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I just started, to, we started talking about forgiveness because that's what I felt the Holy Spirit was saying and doing in that moment. We did a call, we prayed for people, and the next day I had heard from Pastor Lawrence, who was the pastor of the church that we were ministering at, he says, I need a feedback to you, a story about a man who was in the congregation listening to that uh, message about forgiveness, the testimony and the sermon. He said, that man has just got out of prison and he was put in prison because his wife had an affair with another man and he did something to the wife which ended him up in prison and while he was in prison, he had plotted ways his ways to kill the man that broke up the marriage. He was inside, incarcerated, plotting to kill the man. He had just got released from prison. He thought, I'm going to go to service. Heard Jeanette Fernandez talk about forgiveness. The Holy Spirit moved on his heart and he said to Pastor Lawrence, he said today is the day I forgive. That testimony about forgiveness in partnership with the Holy Spirit saved someone. Saved another person. Forgiveness is a very powerful thing. A very powerful thing. As we finish, whether you're in this room, whether you're at home, streaming in, we're going to spend some time waiting on God for two things in particular. Number one, for faith. Number two, for forgiveness. Faith and forgiveness, they go hand in hand. How is it that we can have faith because we are forgiven? But if faith really is faith, forgiveness. But when we're presented with this mountain of unforgiveness or this mountain in front of us, perhaps it's not so much about focusing on the mountain, so much as focusing on the mountain mover. Have you ever done that in prayer? You're waiting on God, you're talking, you're discussing, you're complaining about the mountain, describing every facet of that mountain instead of talking to God about his goodness. You think he doesn't know about the mountain that's there? report of how many times you've been around that mountain or how accustomed to the shadows of that mountain you've become used to. It's dark, it's dingy, it's terrible. Blah, blah, blah. Say it, get off your chest and let's fix our eyes back on him. He says, trust in me, not the mountain. Trust in me, not moving the mountain. Look at me, look at me, blaze. look at My." Perhaps today is a day our focus back, to shift our focus back on Him. I believe, help my unbelief. I'm trying to forgive, but I'm finding it really hard. That's all right. Find rest and dependence in a God who can help. We are are sinful. We are fallen. We are. But God is good. I love Jesus so much. Not because I'm so great and I've put my trust in him. He's helped me. He's done the work. He's done the heavy lifting. I just say yes. And I agree and I have faith. That's what it is. I'm just a I'm amening him. His promises, his goodness, his strength. Shall we wait on God together? for two things. For faith. In Him. To move the mountains. And forgiveness. Perhaps that forgiveness isn't about someone else. Perhaps it's yourself. He's paid for that price. We don't need to pay it anymore. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services... Please visit our website at gracelife.com.au